Hello guys, uh, welcome back to another session of banter and talk. Hopefully you have had a good week. Um, I'm just going to get straight down to today's subject, which is uh, no surprising about domestic violence again. Um, a couple of days ago, an horrendous uh, event happened here in Queensland where a supposed loving father had poured petrol over his wife, ex-wife and his three beautiful children and although the mother survived overnight but she had 90% burns to her body She's eventually passed away. And um, if it's any consolation, I think it would have probably been best off that she did because if she had survived, she would have been living a life of hell, not only with her physical injuries, but the pain of losing all her children. Now, there's been a lot of speculations and talk online about what happened not so much in the events that happened but what happened leading up to it I don't care what any situation is or what leads what the leads are up to an event like this at the end of the day it was a horrendous horrendous thing that happened and Pretty much the media and and people for that matter on social media start to question this guy's mental status and what caused him to flip and do such a heinous crime. But, you know, at the end of the day, first and foremost, nothing should be bad enough to lead you to do such a thing whether you have demons or hear voices or whatever, you know. I guess that's an issue for mental health to to deal with because it is a real thing. I do believe in mental mental health. But this couple had the world at their feet. They both owned a fitness gym where they were taking care of, you know, some some high profile sports people and just people in general so they had a thriving business you know they had a beautiful home they had three beautiful children but somewhere along the line as it does happen to the best of us no matter who you are how much money you have or fame you know things happen for reasons and we're all just humans at the end of the day so you can argue that this guy is okay. They've been broken up. They've been separated. She left the house and moved the kids into her parents' home. Then their business closed. And then it seems to be when she found a new person, a new partner, seemed to have been the, um, the last straw for this guy. But what... It's interesting to me is that it's again it's another 
stigma, not only from the media, but from people in general. They, they talk about, why, why didn't the woman just leave? You know, that seems to be one of the most generic things that people will say. If, if she was in an abusive relationship, why didn't she just leave it? But then, you know, I think, why didn't this guy just not do this? Why didn't he just not abuse her for whatever? You know, nobody knows what their relationship was like. But in general, you say, why can't the guy or the man just not be violent? Why can't he just not harm his partner or harm his children? Rather than saying, why didn't she just pack up and leave? I know when you think about it, it probably is the easy. It's easier to, to me, if you had a choice, it would probably be easier for the woman to leave. I know it's hard pill to swallow, but of the two choices, it probably is easier for the woman to leave than for the man, for a man to stop being violent. That's just years and years of reprogramming, for the lack of a better term, for them to really, really change. Or in my case, an event that happened to me, an accident that I caused that harmed myself to snap me out of the way that I feel that I've been acting and the way that I treat my family, my wife and my kids. So, and the more that people talk about this guy, it's almost an insult to to his, to his poor ex-wife and children. To me, it diminishes any value that there is on these poor children's lives. It's an absolute insult to the poor wife who is not here anymore. You know, where is the um, the victim's um, backstory and what's happening? Everyone will say, oh yes, the poor wife, poor kids. But focus is always, there's a lot of time and focus spent on trying to break down what happened, not only in their relationship, but the status of the male that did it. This man's name should never ever be mentioned at all in any commentary or or newsletter, what it you know. I don't wanna know about him. I don't know I don't wanna know I don't wanna hear his friends and family saying he was a loving a loving, you know, son, uncle, friend. And you know, I don't wanna you know, know about what a great dad he was. Because apparently on his Facebook page it's flooded with um pictures and videos of him and his children, that, that does not paint a full picture. You know, you could easily coerce a child to say smile for the camera, but, you know, you don't see photos or videos of, of him being abusive or, or angry or beating up his wife, beating up his kids. I don't know. I don't even know if that was the situation. I don't know whether he was a shit dad, a shit husband, or whether she was a cheating wife or you know, mentally abusive type wife. Nobody knows. At the end of the day, he shouldn't have done what he did. Nothing could ever be that bad for you to want to harm the kids that you love the, the most. Now, I remember there's a word, I think it's called phallicide, which is a term, a medical term or whatever, that is used for people that are in this frame of mind, like this guy was. It's it's a it's apparently it's a person who who wants to harm the the people that they love the most. They they hate their partner so much 
that they will do anything to harm them or those that they love, i.e. their, their children. And the word for that is phallocyte. And um, that's what this guy, and according to statistics, Australia has the highest rate of um, people that in, in, in our relationships that, that end up killing their children, which is, it was pretty shocking to me, but it doesn't surprise me at all. But, I, you know, in my men's group yesterday, we, the whole two-hour session was talking about the events of what happened on Tuesday afternoon. And um, it was a heated discussion. There were a lot of agreements, and there were also a lot of disagreements. You know, I was shocked. There's a guy in our class who I've always, you know, had time for, and, you know, because it's, it's a group where you just share all your thoughts and feelings your experiences and he touched on how he ended up in jail for 20 months because he said his ex-partner had lied to the cops you know he says that he that she was hitting him over and over again and he, he claims that all he did was grab her by the throat and pushed her towards the bed and told her to stop just stop hitting me and anyway because of that she put out a domestic violence and pressed charges against him and he ended up in jail for 20 months. And the scary thing was in that session yesterday is that he said for 20, 18, 19 months or whatever it was, all he could think about was all the horrid things that he wanted to do to her, like pour acid on her face and, you know, drowning her in a bath or just strangling her to death when he saw her. I was taken aback, including the, the facilitators who were there. They were saying, that this is pretty, you know, disturbing and concerning that you would think all these things, you know, because it was pretty relevant to our topic and what had the events of what just had happened. But, yeah, it's, he was asked what made him not go through that or what made him stop, and he, he just said, well, as the time went by, he thought, how his life would end up if he had done all that. So he had time to think about it while he was in jail. So apparently, according to him, now that he's out, he, he didn't have harbour any of those thoughts or feelings when he did come out because all he wanted to do was move on with his life. And now he's he has a new partner now. You know, he, he stays away from his ex-partner and even though she has his dog, which he loves to death, but he says the minute he'll be within eyesight of her, she'd call the cops and he'd be incarcerated again. So he just doesn't. But it was just interesting just hearing him. He spoke with such passion and such anger during our session about what he wanted to do, you know, using not just facial but physical, you know, interactions with his hands, saying, I just want to put my hands around her neck and just put her under the water and just it was quite disturbing really but this these are just one person's insight there's also um another guy there who's of indian descent he's been in the country nine years and um anyway long story short he's going back at the end of the year he been trying for two years to get back with his wife who has taken him this long to accept that she 
wasn't going to put up with his actions and his words anymore. And she's feared for her safety and their child's safety. And for the last four or five weeks, all this guy could talk about was how terrible the laws are here in Australia. How they, he thinks that um, we shouldn't have no social um, assistance from the government, like Centrelink. Um, he thinks that women have got too many rights. It was almost laughable, the things that he was saying. And obviously he wasn't going to get away with that from the facilitators and, and the other guys that are in, the, in our group. I said, mate, th this is why we have these laws in, on this part of the world, so that women can be protected, they can feel safe. And he just argued a point till he's black and blue. You know, you just could not talk any sense to this guy because his mind was so, this, you know, he said, this is a cultural thing, this is how it is. I said, no, mate, that's how it is in your country. You know, we feel for the women and the little rights that they do have in places like India and Pakistan and, you know, Malaysia, Philippines and all that. You know, it's, we know how hard it is they have it there. You want to come here, you should be abiding by the laws over here. They are there for a reason, to protect women, children, and just people in general. You know, you can get away with murder in those sort of places. Over here, you can't. So, in a way, I'm kind of glad to see the back end of that guy leaving at the end of the year. It was um, actually his last day of the 16-week program that we do. So I'm thinking that, God, he's learned little or nothing at all in the 16 weeks that he's been here, if he's going out with a bang with his final thoughts of saying that women have too many rights here. I sometimes think that women don't have enough rights in this country. You know, it's the only thing that's wrong in my eyes here, and I've spoken about it before in the past, is the systems and how they could get it wrong. I mean, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the laws that are put in place can be enough. I'm not saying is the reason why, but it can be enough to put a, a man on the edge or over the edge. Like myself, like I've spoken about before, I did something stupid in the space of 30 seconds and paid for it, you know, for the rest of my life even. Even long after my hand is healed, I still think back to that day. And how the worst 30 seconds in my life have turned my life around, whether for the good or the bad, it really, really changed me. Now there's not enough there's not enough learning or education that us men, us as men, can ever have to to change our way of thinking, to change our way of living. You know, some will some won't. It's never, ever going to be perfect. You're never going to stop arguing. You're never going to start stop disagreeing on things. That's just life in general. But what we can change is our frame of mind and our way of thinking and our reactions towards, towards anything in our lives, really. I, I understand that women can be just as bad as men. They do, there's women out there that do love to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. 
You know, I've been in situations where we've had arguments and I've tried to let it go and my wife just wants to carry on and on and on to the point where I will just, you know, fire up again. And next thing you know, everything turns to crap. I'm not saying that we have any history of domestic violence in our house, but again, according to the laws here, arguing, yelling, slamming doors, kicking things, that, that is a form of domestic violence. Whether I do it, whether she does it, that's the law. And they're all there to protect us. Now, I cannot, but I cannot begin to think the anguish that this poor family has now gone through with the loss of a daughter and a niece, an auntie, a sister, and the three beautiful kids that they had were all under 10 years of age. And what a horrible way to, to end their lives, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, I can't be, begin to fathom what they're going through now and what they will be going through after that. I also feel for this monster's family, you know, who's going to be at his funeral? Who's going to give a eulogy about him? Or does he, he just go straight to the ground or gets cremated or whatever? I, They will be feeling just as much pain as the family of the poor, poor ex-wife and children. There's no great result at the end of it. I mean, you could say also, you know, why didn't he just end his life? Why didn't he just go away, you know, and just leave the family alone? Because again, this word, this phallicide, this condition, puts them in a position where they just think that there is just no way out. If you can't have, if you're not going to have me, and I can't have my kids, then no one else is going to. It's just like the most selfish thing that anybody could ever think. And I know it's hard, and in a way it's it's the same but different to a person that has reached the end of their capacity where they want to end their own lives. That's That's also sad. A lot of people will say that's selfish, but it is sad that that will happen and still does happen on a daily basis anywhere in the world. But again, I don't want to hear, and I'm sick of hearing, how people are nitpicking this guy and his life and what he was like. Who the hell wants to know all that shit? He's just taken four innocent lives. He took his miserable life along with it, but you know he would have had a lot more sympathy and compassion if he'd have just ended his life without his family. But because he took the coward's way out, it just, you know, he's not going to have a, no one's going to have good memories of him. No one's going to be one associated with him. And I even feel for the uh, some of the celebrity sports star whose name was tagged into the storyline, you know, say, oh, yes, he used to train so-and-so and so-and-so, you know. I, I, that's the last thing that they would have wanted. You know, the, the media will be up their asses and looking for a quote from them. Oh, what was he like? And they said, who cares? I certainly don't care. I don't want to know who he was. I don't, I don't want to know his background. I don't want to know his history. I don't, I don't want to hear his family say, oh, or his friends say, oh, yeah, he was a good bloke. You know, he was always happy. 
Why do we always do that? Why do, did you, I mean, this is the shit that the media put in everybody's head and put in their stories. Like, really? Is that the sort of world we live in? Do we really want to know this guy's backstory? Because I certainly don't. You know, you can't say enough about the poor victim, victims. You know, you never ever hear about that. All you're hearing about the poor ladies, oh yes, she was a fiercely protective mum and she was happy with life. You know, that's, that's fine. That sounds generic as well. But they go way, way far too deep into the person that does all these horrid crimes rather than the poor victims. I hope you're not in a situation right now in your life that this guy may have been in or leading, you know. Honestly, you need to talk to somebody, anybody, a friend, a family member. I've said this in the past before and I can't say it enough. You'd be surprised, you'd be absolutely surprised at how relieved you would be, how much tension you would relieve just by chatting to somebody and it doesn't have to be about that it could be about anything I started doing it a long time ago it's only now I've just decided to put it on you know on the internet because obviously because I don't know anybody all I'm wanting to do is is just relaying my thoughts and my opinions which are only mine you don't have to agree with them they might not necessarily be right they might not be wrong, but I'm just sharing what, I, what I'm thinking and feeling right now in the hope that maybe somebody would listen and maybe, you know, associate with some of the, the things that I'm saying and maybe hear something that they've never heard before. It's all about talking, and that's, a lot of, that's something that a lot of our men, is a, there's always a stigma and a belief that men shouldn't, you know, men don't cry or... Men shouldn't talk about feelings and stuff like that. You know, it's it's even harder to portray that sort of, you know, what we really think and feel in, a, in an industry. If you're working in an industry of males, you know, where it's just, you know, just all buddy-buddy swearing and, you know, talking tough talk like, you know, yeah, I'm going to go home, I'm going to drink a lot of beers and, you know, I'm going to go and find me a girl and, you know, talk about women, you know, the the complete opposite of what we really like when we go home, you know. I attest to that, you know, that sometimes the way I act and talk at, at my my job is it, not necessarily the way I, I talk and act at home. You know, there, there's a fine line, but the one thing that I do really appreciate where I work is that a lot of males there have you know we all have some sort of emotional bond not everybody but there's a lot of guys there that are willing to talk to each other you know you have i have had many one-on-one sessions where i've sat there listening to somebody's story and heartbreak and i've shared the same thing there's been tears along the way with some of the guys there's been you know we've we all hug each other now and then you know we appreciate each other i, I have while I'm off work, I still get guys ringing me every day and, you know, they'll, they'll tell me some of the, you know, what's going on with them at work and at home and, and I'll share the same thing, how I'm feeling right now and what's going on at home and, you know, that's that's how it should be. It's it's worked wonders. It's taken 
years and years for us to to try and catch up with the rest of um, humanity, I suppose, and and the times they are are changing. You know, it's it's been so long. I, the, the old the old school way of thinking that you know you're the provider and you're the you're the tough guys. As far as I'm concerned, that's almost non-existent now. I'm happy to to express my my thoughts and feelings, you know, innermost feelings with with some of my friends, and more importantly, with my family. You know, my my relationship has taken a complete three sixty at home in my family life. It's amazing what a couple of months can do, simply because I recognise a lot of my flaws and I've decided to do something about it. And a lot of the stuff that I have decided to do, they've they've been there. I've had the ability to make things right all the time. I just never saw it or never took the damn time to do it. I never knew how much I appreciated my job and some of the people that are there until I've I've hurt myself and, and now it's it's over three months I've been at home now still recovering. You know, I appreciate all those, all those are little things. You know, when I come home tired and not even bothering to ask the kids, you know, I mean really, really ask, sit there and listen to how their day was and what they're going through. You know, we're all humans at the end of the day, whether you're 10 years old, whether you're 50 years old. We all have thoughts and feelings, but we as the educators, the first educators for our kids, we need to still guide them and help them through. And they could be doing the same to you without even you knowing that they're helping you too. And yeah, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed giving my kids hugs every morning and hugs when they get home from school. You know, it's something that I haven't done since they were, you know, under 10 years old. You almost tend to lose that once they hit their teens, but trust me, if you can do that little bit by little bit every day, things will be different. It's it's such an empowering feeling. It's not just a thought, it's a feeling. And I really don't believe that. I, I don't do it willy-nilly. I do it nearly every single day now since I've been home. I do it because I can feel it. It's such an awesome feeling. And it's not just a quick little hug, it's just like a five, ten second hug and a little pat or a rub on the back. And I could really, really feel it. And that's a good way to start your day or your evening when you see when you see each other again. It's like you haven't seen them for ages. Obviously, uh, that's how I feel every day because I'm at home and I'm alone and I'm lonely sometimes. But I really, really appreciate my time that I have with my kids now. And my wife, you know, we, everyone's still got busy lives to, to lead, but honestly, it's not even 20, 30 seconds. A small gesture like that can go a long way. Talk to somebody, anybody. Talk to me if you like, you know. I find it a lot more, you're a lot more expressive, perhaps when you're talking to a stranger, not necessarily a psychiatrist, or a counsellor, but just anyone in general that would listen and can appreciate that you shared something in your life with them and it might even help them. 
that's all I want to do. I just want to talk. And if it can help one person, I'm happy. I'm happy that you guys message me every now and then. I'm glad that somebody out there is listening. And hopefully that you all find something, in my words, that will give you peace even if it's just a day. So just talk, gentlemen. And ladies, too. There's always somebody to talk to. Always. Never, ever feel alone. Never think that all the burdens and troubles of the world is all on your shoulders. I know from experience that that's how I felt on November the 5th of last year. You know? I could have chosen to just not live, just die. But in that very second, I chose life. I chose my family. The very family I was hurting, I chose to be a better person or trying to be a better person. I'm learning every day. I'm trying every day. I'm, I really am. Every day is a new day. The reminders are on my hands every time. I can't stop looking at them. I've, I've actually just started looking at them, to be honest. Little bit by little bit, I'm looking at it a lot longer than I normally do. But eventually, my eyes well up, the pain comes back into my heart, and then I think about what I'm doing now, and I think about what I need to do in the future to make it better. And then it all just slowly goes away. So have a good weekend, people. Uh, hopefully you're all in a good headspace right now. And if not, just take the time to breathe. Do your breathing exercises. Just plant your foot on the floor. Put your hands in a comfortable space. Tilt your head back slowly. Take a deep breath. Close your eyes. Think of a nice, safe place. A place that makes you happy. Hold it in for a few seconds. Let it out of your mouth. And just repeat for about 10, 15 seconds. And then you move on. We'll talk again soon.